What's going on gamers? Welcome back to The Graveyard. I'm The Graveyard Gamer and thank you for joining me for this episode of Graveyard Gaming. Now, it's been a few weeks. I have a lot to talk about. The biggest things I want to talk about is I want to talk about the Assassin's Creed games coming from that conference that we have coming soon. I want to talk about the Yakuza games that we have coming for, or I should say the Like a Dragon games we have coming in the next couple of years because I got to tell you, those two conferences had me so excited when it was over. So, of course, I want to talk to you guys all about that. I want to talk about some different things that have happened in my gaming journey, if you will, kind of personal on what consoles I own, things like that. I'll get to that. I want to talk about my graveyard shift because I haven't played a lot of games since the last talk to you, but I do want to talk about the things that I have covered. But before I get into all of that, I want to kind of give you an update on the show. See, as I talked about in my lessons learned episode, I've been away from family for 14 months. Well, I've been reunited. It's awesome. But with that, there comes a change in how much time I have to A, game, and B, do a podcast. Now, one of the things being reunited with family, I also have a different role in the job that I do, and it requires more of my time. So with that being said, I don't have all the excess time for a podcast, but I don't want to give up a podcast. So if you guys would bear with me, my plan is to still release episodes of graveyard gaming on fridays that's my you know flagship show if you will that's what this is it's where i have discussion pieces graveyard shifts all of that fun stuff i'd like to still continue to put those out on friday my reviews which could be normal reviews they could be retro reviews they could be replay reviews where you know that's a new review format which i'll be debuting in the next couple weeks with assassin's creed unity where it's really just about me replaying a game and do i still enjoy it versus a retro review which is Hey, I never played this game. It's older. Does it still hold up? And then obviously a normal review is how is this new game? So I want to have those reviews come out on Wednesday. But here's the deal. The goal is to at least put a Graveyard Gaming out every Friday. But in reality, just because like I said with the schedule, it may be every other week. So I may not have an episode every week. It may be every other week. But that's what I'm going to strive for. So just want you guys to be aware. So if you don't see an episode from me for a week, just know, hey, I haven't gone away. I am back. Look for something to drop the next week. So you may see just a review one week, or it may just be several weeks of a graveyard gaming, and then there's a missed week. But just understand, I am there. I will be back. But with all that said, let's jump in to what we found out about Assassin's Creed in the future. Gamers, Ubisoft has pulled the curtain back on all things Assassin's Creed. We have a lot more information, and we have four new games to talk about. I mean, they announced Assassin's Creed Mirage. Now, don't get me wrong. This has kind of been one of those worst-kept secrets in gaming type deal. We knew this has been coming for a while, but we actually got to see, even though it was a CGI, a trailer for it, an announcement for it. We heard about Assassin's Creed Red, Assassin's Creed Hex, and Assassin's Creed Jade. But I want to say the biggest thing for me was finding out more about Assassin's Creed Infinity. And I'll be honest, I've thought about that for a while. I really didn't know how it was going to go. To be honest, I kind of thought Assassin's Creed Infinity was going to be very much like when you load up one Assassin's Creed Unity and you're kind of playing as a gamer so you see all the different stories you can jump into. I really thought that was the prototype for what Infinity was mixed with in actual execution the latest Hitman games where you know they would release an installment every couple of months and you would play it with the Hitman 2016 game, I kind of thought that's what we were going to be seeing. You know, I thought every few months, me and Hulking Yoda, my good friend over at Lost at Sea Gaming, definitely go check that podcast out right here on Anchor. We'd kind of talked that probably once a quarter, maybe we'd see a new location, a new assassin, and they'd be smaller experiences 
15 to 20 hours, and then every year or every other year, we'd see a full-on game. That is not what Ubisoft is doing, and I'm very, very happy for it. In all honesty, Infinity is really just one giant hub. And in that hub that's going to evolve, it's going to carry over. That is where whenever you buy a game, whether you buy it physically, whether you buy it digitally, when you load the game up, Infinity is going to be the, the hub that you see. It's going to be that opening menu, and that's going to allow you to jump into multiplayer with your friends. And it really seems like no matter what game you're playing, whether you're playing Assassin's Creed Red or Assassin's Creed Hex, that hub is going to look the same for both. Multiplayer is going to connect you with friends. It's also where all the modern day story is going to be at. It's no longer going to be playing present day scenarios in these bigger games or the Assassin's Creed games, I should say. It's all going to be in that hub. I'll be honest, when I first heard about that present day stuff, I had my reservations. As you guys know, I'm a huge fan of the modern day story. And I really was kind of excited at the end of Valhalla because it was like, all right, with Bassmount in the real world, we may be seeing some really interesting kind of scenarios and gameplay sections. But it looks like they're going to pull that back. It's going to be something with Infinity. And I'm kind of okay with it. And the reason being is if you think about the story, the larger story with Layla and where she ended up with Desmond at the end of Valhalla, it kind of seemed like Assassin's Creed was kind of righting the wrong, uh, if you will. All of the stuff from Assassin's Creed 3, it's kind of interesting. You know, Desmond sacrificed himself. And then it seemed like Ubisoft didn't really have an idea where they went forward. We had the stuff where you're an analyst working at Absurgo. And then we just kind of had it happening in the background. And then we had Layla happening. But with Valhalla, it said, oh yeah, in the real world, what was really happening is the world was still going to crap. Like it really didn't save anything. We were still dealing with it. In Valhalla, they reset that. They kind of said, okay, yep, now we have fixed the world. Everything is good to go. We do not have to worry about the world ending anytime soon. What that does is that kind of resets the playing field between Assassins and Templars. So I'll be interested to see what happens, how they push forward with it. I think it's going to be smaller experiences with the future. I don't think it's going to have as much, like present day is going to have as much uh, big time effect. But I think they're going to keep it going with this Infinity in this hub. One, I know a lot of players didn't want to deal with present day. You have people like me that love it. So I think it's kind of the best of both situations. It's something that's totally, at this point, optional. But it's still going to be there. So I'm excited for Infinity. Again, I thought it was going to be this kind of like way of almost overdoing it with Assassin's Creed. Where we're going to have these smaller games and then these bigger games. And they're going to constantly come out and whatnot. But it's not. The other big thing I liked is Ubisoft came out and said, look... Assassin's Creed Red coming out. It's the game everybody has been requesting and wanting. Assassin's Creed in ancient Japan. Don't get me wrong. Really cool. It's never been one of my go-tos, but definitely I can see the potential and how great it is. They have said yes. That is going to be an RPG in line with what we got for Origins, what we got with Odyssey, and what we got with Valhalla. However, going forward past that, not all games are going to be these 150-hour RPG epics. Some are going to be smaller in scale, just like Assassin's Creed Mirage. Some are going to be completely different than RPGs. They're going to be a different style of gameplay, like Assassin's Creed Hex. We don't know what it is. We just know it's not going to be an RPG. Now, the interesting thing about that is, one, I think that keeps the the games fresh at this point whenever they come out. But the big thing is I thought Ubisoft really kind of said something that stuck out to me and I appreciate it. They said, starting with Mirage, every game is going to be priced game by game basis. Mirage is only going to be $50 when it drops. When it comes to Assassin's Creed Red, that's going to be a full-on game. Ubisoft has said, going forward, all their AAA games are going to be $70. Okay, 
I'm cool with that when you get these massive games. But let's say Hex. Hulking Yoda and I have talked about it. Maybe it's survival horror, something different for the series. And maybe it's not a big game. So maybe it does come out as $50. When we get to the next game after that, maybe it will also be another big AAA game and it's $70. Either way, guys, I like that because it looks like Ubisoft is honestly looking at what's best for the player. They're also probably being smart. I've kind of said this. When we went to $70 games, I felt like, hey, developers... That's also on you to not make just these massive games that are going to take forever to beat and that are just full of somewhat fluff because at the end of the day, it's costing you guys a lot of money to make these games and you're pushing that on us, the consumer, when reality, they didn't have to be this massive. So I think that's going to be kind of a cool deal. Like I said, I'm excited about Hex because, man, can you imagine in probably... A year or two because they didn't give us a release date for any of these we know mirage is coming next year i would guess that assassin's creed red is going to probably come out maybe at the end of 2023 since it's a full-on title big deal or maybe even 2024 hex will come out the next year like it does seem like ubisoft is not going to flood the market where every quarter we're going to get a game or every other you know month it looks like we're going to get one every year maybe depending on the size of the games two a year one every other year we'll see when it happens i do like that because i like the fact that they're not bombarding with us but i do have to go back to hex i keep getting off topic on this i love the idea that it's something new and fresh and it looks like you're dealing with witches in ancient rome and i'm kind of excited about that because one i love when they really go heavy on the lore i don't want it to be too weird i never really got into you know, like when it gets way too mythical, but I love when they explain real world myths with the Assassin's Creed lore, the idea that it could be something like survival horror. When I say that, I think of more in lines with kind of an action survival horror where think Resident Evil, something like that, but you're an assassin dealing with that. I think that would be really, really interesting. So a lot of cool stuff. Now I've mentioned Red, I've mentioned Mirage, and I've mentioned Hex. What is Jade? Assassin's Creed Jade is a new mobile game and you know what it was kind of funny hulking Yoda was like dude why I've been wanting ancient China for years and it's going to be a mobile game him and I both are not really big into mobile games like they're just not that full experience for us but watching that little small trailer they had seeing how it still looked like a full-on Assassin's Creed game just for your phone I'm not gonna lie it's something that I want to try out so they even got me with a phone game a mobile game if you will so there was just so much to be excited about with this Ubisoft preference conference because for me, again, I had worries that Infinity was going to come out and just kind of bombard us with Assassin's Creed games every couple of months and they were going to be smaller scale. Then we'd have these bigger ones just, and you'd be sitting there going like, man, this is costing too much. I can't enjoy these games, but we're not getting that. Number one, we're just getting a hub that's going to transfer from game to game. We're going to get one, the return multiplayer, which is definitely cool, but we're going to get at least three games mirage red and hex that knowing very little about i'm already super stoked for now there was some disappointing news it was a rumor but we did not hear that we're going to get an assassin's creed 1 remake i was really stoked about that it's been years since i was able to get into assassin's creed 1 to be honest i don't have an option to play it anymore so to get it rebuilt from the ground up would have been amazing but the silver lining in that is they said mirage is kind of a it's a back-to-basics game. It's going to be set in Baghdad and the countryside around it. That means it's not going to be this full-on, huge map to cover, but it's going to be focusing on stealth, parkour, all of the things the original games, including Assassin's Creed 1, focused. And you can't help but watch that trailer, see screenshots, and get the original Assassin's Creed 
vibes. So I'm very excited about that. So all in all, this was one of the coolest uh, like franchise press conferences I've heard in a while. I'm excited to see what the games look like as we see more information. And I'm definitely excited to start playing these games, starting with Mirage, sometime in 2023. So gamers, as excited as I was for all the Assassin's Creed games and news we had coming out, I was over the moon for the new Yakuza information we had. Now, let's start off with that, the name, Yakuza. It's no longer going to be called a Yakuza game. If you've played Yakuza Like a Dragon, you know there might be kind of an in-game reason as to why it's no longer called Yakuza, but in reality, the games over in Japan have always been called Like a Dragon, one, two, three, whatever it may be. So they're just kind of getting on that global name going forward. And again, in the game universe, it actually makes sense as well. But I have to say, we got three games announced and I am over the moon for all three. First off is Like a Dragon Inshin. And if I mispronounce that, I apologize. But that's a big deal. See, as I was playing through the series over the last couple of years, that was one that I always wanted to play, the Yakuza Inshin. But we didn't have it in the States. It was just never released over here. And if you don't know what that is, it's all the Yakuza characters like Kiru and Majima. However, they take on historic roles set a few hundred years ago in Japan. And I always read that, you know, the studio was always kind of like, ah, it would make no sense to release that in the United States. Because one, when it came out, Yakuza hadn't blown up over here. And at the same time, it kind of deals with a part of history that... We don't necessarily hear a whole lot about over here in the West, so they didn't think there was anything. It would kind of like be the assassination of JFK, where in the States we learn all about it. We know, you know, it's part of our pop culture and our history, but maybe in Japan, they don't know too much about it. So they never thought it would succeed. They said that success of Ghost of Tsushima really pushed them to say, hey, people will care. People have been demanding it. We're going to get it. And I got to tell you, the remaster looks amazing because that's what it is there's not a full-on remake from my understanding it looks like it's just a remaster but i gotta be real with you watching the cgi watching the gameplay videos they've put out looks fantastic so i'm very excited to jump into that world it looks like it is all the classic quote-unquote yakuza game mechanics that you're used to it's just set in an ancient japan so who guys i cannot wait to play that game then they hit me with like a dragon the man who erased his past. And gamers, that is the return of Kiru. We are going to see what he has done from Yakuza 6, where he kind of officially steps away and says, hey, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm done. We're going to see what got him through Yakuza like a dragon. No spoilers there, but let's just say he may have an influence in that game. But then it's going to build towards Yakuza 8. So we're going to get from Yakuza 6, like I said, all the way to excuse me, like a Dragon 8, the newest franchise installment. And man, I can't wait. The CGI trailer just kind of gave us this idea that we're going to see Kiru kind of going through some stuff. We're going to get an understanding of what was going on in the background that we didn't see in Like a Dragon. And I am so stoked for it. I am so ready for it. It's probably one of my most anticipated games coming out just because, one, I love Kiru. The idea that we're going to see him in kind of this, you know, this this side story, if you will, it's going to have the full-on, uh, quote-unquote, again, I'm going to call it Yakuza just because it's what most people know, but it's going to have all of those same side content, all those same story elements, all the fun and all the seriousness. And they said it's not going to be full-on experience. It's not going to be 
as long as, for example, like a dragon is, but it is going to be about half the size of that. That also gets me excited because it's probably going to be more focused and more content. I know a lot of gamers, sometimes when you hear half experience, it, it can be kind of a bummer. But for me, sometimes I'm like, you know what? I don't think that's a cheap experience. I think it's just a more focused experience. So I'm excited for that. And lastly, they announced Like a Dragon 8, which is the next mainline installment series. And what I love about it is the synopsis makes it seem like you're going to go back to controlling Ichiban. You're going to have his crew but Kiru is returning in a major prominent role, and you'll also be controlling his crew. So it's going to be exciting. You got this remaster of a game that, man, I've been wanting to play, but it didn't seem like we'd ever get to play in the States. You get this game that fills in from the last installment all the way to the next installment, and you get the next installment. So all of this stuff was hyped up. The only thing that I was like, huh, was Kiru's new hairstyle. It just does not look... Like what I expect for Kiru. Gray hair, sure, but the actual styling of it is kind of weird. But I got to tell you, all of it just sounds amazing. I can't wait to play each and every one of those games. So, I mean, for the last week, I have just been bombarded with awesome gaming news. I mean, between the Assassin's Creed games and the Yakuza games, oh man, it's going to be a lot of gaming to get in, but I can't wait. Now, the important thing to note is Yakuza, uh, excuse me, Like a Dragon 8. It's going to take me a while to get used to the fact that we're switching the mainline title but like a dragon 8 is probably not going to release until 2024 so it's going to be a little bit of time as we get these three games out but who gamers i'm here for it so gamers i want to talk about some personal gaming news now look this is not mind melting news or anything like that it's just kind of give you guys an update i like to give you guys an kind of a tour on what goes on with me in my gaming life and ultimately I actually just traded in my PS2 and my PS3 and all of those games. I just got to the point that honestly, you know what? Like I said, the last 14 months away from family, I did play my PS3. I did play my PS2. You can check out some retro reviews on there. And I enjoyed a lot of time with it. But the prior year to that, when I was with my family, I didn't have enough time to ever load up my PS3 or my PS2. I was more focused on trying to complete PS4 games, PS5 games. And I just, as I got back home, I had so many games that were taking up so much room. And I just really knew that, you know what, as much as I would like to romanticize the idea of going back to some more older games or playing these games or finding some classic games that I want to play, truth of the matter is, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to have all that time to play. And one of the things I learned in my uh, last 14 months and I talked about in my Lessons Learned episode is I have to accept the fact some games are just going to get away. Right? Like, there's just going to be some games that probably in the right place in the right time were amazing. And some games like Indiana Jones and the Emperor's Tomb, as much as I loved that game 19 years ago and I've championed it for years, when I went back to it, I found that, you know what, a time gets kind of rough on these older games and it's not as classic. So, I've had to bite the bullet. There's some definitely some great experiences in my PS3 collection, my PS2 collection that I'm looking at going, man, like, I'm going to miss the opportunity to load up the Metal Gear Solid games and just play them. I'm hoping that we get some remakes of those games soon. That's been the rumor for a while. But ultimately, yeah, it sucks. I definitely am going to miss I'm going to miss having those games, but I also know I'm really just romanticizing cuz again, I'm not going to have time to play it. But trading those games in, selling all that stuff to me it was kind of releasing in a way. It was very kind of like, okay, I've, I've given this up. I can move forward. I can focus on 
the future. It also, hey, personally, funded God of War Ragnarok coming out in a couple months. More than likely a new DualSense controller and then probably another game. Like, I got a pretty good deal. So, I'm okay with that. You know, sometimes you just got to let it go. It's one of those things where, again, it's these lessons that I'm having to learn as I move through my gaming life that... You know what, for a couple years, yeah, it made sense. I was able to go back for multiple years in the PS4 generation and enjoy these games, but it just got less and less and less, and I had to move on with it. You know, one other thing that I have to say, it's more personal, and maybe it's a little rough, but it's shifting topics a little bit. I've been seeing a lot of people online, and really, i got to be honest with you, there are some Xbox influencers on Twitter that really kind of drive me batty, because... All they live to do is paint PlayStation in a bad light, especially Jim Ryan as he's come out and kind of talked against the EA purchase from Xbox. Now, here's the deal. Look, I'm not saying it's all Xbox. There's definitely some very toxic PlayStation players as well, but there's just some Xbox gamers that when you sit there and you see what they say, and again, these are people with that little blue next to their names. These are the influence if you will that reach out to hundreds of thousands of people and talk to people and you know get their names out there and people follow them and it just really breeds this console war that i'm so tired of look at the end of the day people keep throwing up spider-man at at why it's okay for call of duty because playstation kept exclusive nobody on the playstation side is upset that we're not getting the xbox exclusives we're not getting the fable we're not getting the gears we're not getting the halo that's not what the insulting and upsetting part is Right? Like, we understand exclusives. That's why most of us went with PlayStation. We get The Last of Us. We get The Ghost of Tsushima's. We get all of those type games. We love that. What the issue is, what the difference is, and if you want to throw Spider-Man, Spider-Man was brought to Xbox. They said no. PlayStation said, sure, we'll do it. We'll give it to one of our studios, and we'll run with it, and that's why it's exclusive. That's not the issue. The issue is Microsoft saying, hey, we're not having a great success with creating new IPs. And new exclusive titles that make people come to specifically Xbox to play these. So they're going out and they're buying publishers. That's different. Guys, if you can't understand that, I don't know how to put it more simple than that. Like, it's really not about PlayStation making their own IP and saying, haha, Xbox, you can't have it. Or Xbox making um, their own IP and PlayStation fans going, oh, that's jacked up, we can't play it. No, it's this concern. And Jim Ryan is very right. Call of Duty is the biggest gaming franchise in the world so for xbox to go buy its ownership and then say yeah we're going to give you three years on our, your current deal so really six call of duty games and then eh, we'll see what happens that's what the issue is they went out and they bought an entire publisher and all the games that might come out from that and said we'll see what happens it's the same issue people are having when it comes to things like elder scrolls and fallout like Hey, those games were probably going to come out for us. And you guys just kind of swooped in and bought the parent company and said, no, they're ours. Now, I don't know if you guys know this, but originally Starfield seemed like it was actually going to be a PlayStation exclusive until Bethesda were bought out by Xbox. And again, that's just a rumor, but that's you know what I'd read. And it's those kind of situations where you go, okay, that's different than creating your own IP and putting it out there as an exclusive to get people to your brand Versus going out and buying the publisher of the biggest gaming franchise in the world and saying, yeah, we'll see what happens. And I actually have to throw this out there as well. I'm going to throw a little shade at Phil Spencer because Phil Spencer keeps things so quiet. All we hear is these, you know, exciting words of, yeah, guys, we're all about the gamers at Xbox. We want to give you the best options. 
it's not really about the best options. You just want to put it on Game Pass. And you want PlayStation gamers to go out and get Game Pass. And there's so many of those influencers that are just like, PlayStation, why don't you just let Game Pass be on PlayStation? That makes no sense. There has to be a reason to get a PlayStation. There has to be a reason to get an Xbox. The difference right now is PlayStation is giving you a reason in their games, in their software, in the things that you would buy a video game console for. Xbox is trying to force a reason for you to buy it because they want you to buy Game Pass. That's where I'm kind of a little upset with. As far as Call of Duty goes, I'll be honest, I don't remember the last time I played Call of Duty. Like, it's not something that I'm like, oh, I want Call of Duty. I'm not really even upset if it doesn't come to PlayStation, but I understand why so many PlayStation fans are upset with it. I understand why Jim Ryan is upset with it. I don't understand why these influencers with Xboxes are trying to make it seem like PlayStation fans are crybabies or, well, you did it with Spider-Man. It's two different things. So... That's a little personal for me. You know, hey man, I talk about my PS3s and all that, and then I'm gonna drop some of these frustrating things that I have when I see online. I'm gonna probably do this a lot more going forward. Just kind of voice my concern and my issue and maybe my stance to hope it makes sense. Again, if you're a PlayStation owner, hey man, cool. If you're an Xbox owner, hey, cool. I don't have any hate on either side of the board. I am a PlayStation guy. I don't have anything against Microsoft. I don't like some of the way that they word things in the future, the way they think that where they keep things very vague, you know, with Elder Scrolls, Indiana Jones, and those type games. But I really have an issue with the online influencers on both sides. Right now, it's really just the Xbox guys that are just really harping these things. And I'm going to use this platform that I have, this podcast, to kind of voice my frustrations. I'm not going to attack them publicly. I'm not going to drop names or anything. No, I'm I'm not doing that. I don't really want to ignite a console war because that's a problem is... These influencers on both sides go out there and say this crap and it just gets a lot of people online feeling like they have to defend their brand. And just like I just did defending it, but I I think that there's a peaceful way to do it, uh, easy way to do it, that we don't have to have these console wars, but it's just getting nasty and ugly. And I just had to take a minute, just kind of express that and why I felt that way. But with that being said, let's move on. Let's talk about my graveyard shift. So gamers, what have I been playing on the graveyard shift? Well, I got to tell you, you know, I haven't had a ton of time with getting back with family, starting the new position at work. So I don't have a ton of gaming topics to discuss during the graveyard shift. But what I will say is I did finish Assassin's Creed Unity. Look for a replay review coming soon. I'm not going to get too deep into it. Obviously, my thoughts and feelings will go into that review. I will just say that, man, a special shout out to the last few missions. You know, this is the game that kind of brought back the sandbox assassin style missions where you go somewhere they would show you the kind of view you have different opportunities and you could go in and take them out they did the same thing in assassin's creed syndicate as well and you do that in the final mission and i i love it man you kind of create your own path and take out people stealthily use the tools at your advantage to what you can do and then once you get that you actually get a really cat and mouse style final boss fight leading to some awesome story stuff and It was just really well done. I enjoyed a lot of my replay overall, but the last few sequences really just kind of were awesome. There were so many different unique missions that gave you an opportunity to feel like an assassin. So definitely look for that replay review coming soon. But I got to say, I finally got WWE 2K22. And yes, it does hit different. Like, I was very worried going into it, like, okay, the new controls, how is that going to work? Am I going to dig it? You know, I've been a fan of this series for a long time, and i got to be honest with you, they hit us with new revamp controls for WWE 2K20, and among many things that was wrong with that game, 
the controls were. Like they quote unquote made it more simplified for new gamers and it was ridiculous. Like it was not easy to pick up and play. As you guys may have known, if you've been listening to my Graveyard Shift, I've spent a lot of time over the last year really just kind of going back to 2K19 just because I couldn't get into 2K20 that much. Once I kind of got to where I was just having the fun in-universe, there were so many glitches that I couldn't do it. So 2K19, over the time, I spent so much time trying to get back into it, wanting to create these stories. But to be honest with you, after so many years, that game was just getting a little stale for me. So I had that fear going into 2K22, like, okay... Is this game really going to be stale? Am I really? Am I kind of done with the franchise? Do I need to give it a couple of years break more than what they already gave us? Well, like I said, it hits differently. The new controls are just so fresh. Like they feel like a natural evolution for the series. They don't feel complicated. I do catch myself still kind of throwing up the wrong button, hitting the wrong thing. But the more I play, the more I get into it. I gotta say, graphically, it is absolutely gorgeous. Like it really feels like. 2K finally got some of the things that I have been expecting. Like, I've seen the NBA games. I've got some amazing looking games. And then you played some of the WWE games, and some faces were like, ooh, some of the hair was messed up. Not saying it is all perfect, but I can tell you, playing the PS5 version, it just looks really crisp, really well done. Like I said, the gameplay is smooth. The My Rise, which is the My Career mode, if you will, I have enjoyed. I'm still in the Performance Center getting ready to go to NXT. I personally chose that. I didn't really want to go straight to Raw. I wanted to enjoy where they took you through the story. So definitely have been loving it. Seeing Road Dog and Shawn Michaels, look how they look now, was a little depressing. No offense to Road Dog, no offense to Shawn Michaels. But as two guys that I built a lot of my teenage youth around going, oh man, I want to be Shawn Michaels. Road Dog is so cool. Seeing these guys in their 50s was like, damn. But I gotta say, I, I just definitely enjoyed the game. You know, Karen Cross is in the game. You know, hey man, all the roster cuts. I talked about that on an episode about a year ago about like WWE's kind of screwing over 2K. Well, Triple H is in charge now. He's bringing back some of these guys. So some of the people that were cut after the release of this game or before the release of this game are actually back in WWE. So it feels cool. And I gotta say, my first match, I'll tell you, was Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. I'm a huge fan of both of these guys. I wanted to kind of build up. I actually played this right before Clash at the Castle. I personally was Drew McIntyre. And man, it was just such a great battle. So well done. I feel like the AI is very smart in this game. It's more balanced, so it's not about you just dominating. They are going to come back. They are going to fight you. That doesn't mean sometimes I do feel like there needs to be a little bit of tweaking with how long the AI can keep you knocked down and beat you up. But I will say, definitely enjoyed it. Ended up winning it. It was really cool. Roman Reigns blocked my move, went to hit me with the spear. I blocked it and then hit him with the Claymore kick for the 1-2-3 and the Undisputed title. So definitely a lot of fun. One thing that I will point out, one of the more negatives that I just... I don't know why 2K has not figured out how a way to do this is. And that is in a tag team match. There's got to be a way for if I am player A and I hit my move, and I go for the pin, it's very cumbersome to switch over to player B to go defend that pin so that the other team can't break it up. What I think they need to do is maybe create like a hot pin type situation where if you're in a tag match and you hit your move, you know, you hit the button, your partner comes in to defend. Or just make the CPU smart enough to do that. Like the game will tell you a hint. Oh, before you go to pin an attack match, try to knock the illegal man off the apron. Man, that's okay in, you know, regular two-on-two matches, but you get to three-on-three, that's very cumbersome. 
and it just takes away some of that fun, some of that immersion. So I definitely think 2K has got to figure that out in tag team matches going forward. But overall, not a lot on the graveyard shift, just those two games I've been playing, but just in those two games, a lot of fun. Gamers, I hope you enjoyed the episode. I know it was kind of long. I know it included some more personal things like what the episodes are going to look like going forward, me selling the PS3, my thoughts, and all this online complaining about Call of Duty. But I really hope you enjoyed at least listening and following my tracks on that. What I did on the Graveyard Shift, I hope you enjoyed what I talked about with Assassin's Creed and the Yakuza, or like I said, like a dragon. It's going to be a while until I get that down. However, I would love to hear from you. Let me know at thegraveyardgamer@gmail.com, the Graveyard Gamer on Instagram, or the Graveyard G on Twitter. Till next time, I'll be creeping around the graveyard. <laughs>